and I didn't feel good, you know, I was feeling nauseous, but once again, it was normal, I was feeling that every day, but that day, it was pretty bad, I didn't even eat my food, I was so hungry, so, so hungry, I remember feeling like I was going to pass out, because I hadn't eaten all day, to the point where I called my uncle on the phone as I was driving, and I'm like, just stay on the phone with me, because my head's pounding, and I feel so sick right now, and I don't want to pass out on my way to salad works, so stay on the phone with me, and I didn't even eat the salad. When I got home that day, I ended up throwing up, so I called my primary to confirm if I should go to the hospital, and they told me to go. I went to the hospital, and I went to Virtua. If you live in Jersey, you know. I don't... Yeah, if you live in Jersey, you know where that is. If you don't, you don't. But I went to Virtua Hospital. Um, they did a whole workup. They're the only hospital to actually have done a workup on me. Um, I've been to the hospital now twice for this. But they did a whole workup. And I actually saw a doctor. And um, they gave me my paperwork. They couldn't find anything. But I was complaining of the top half of my stomach when she went to I got a ultrasound done and because I was complaining about stomach pains as well I would get stomach pains on the left and the right side of my stomach when I would eat like eating did not help eating made it worse so I was explaining all of that to them and so they said that they would do an ultrasound and when she was putting the pressure I don't even know if she was doing it hard or not but the pressure from her just moving the little thingy around, the upper half of my stomach hurt from the touch of that. And she put that, she documented that in my in my um my paperwork, but she didn't find anything. So that's when they recommended I see a specialist, a GI specialist. I found a specialist that takes my insurance and I went to go see her. She's connected to Jefferson Hospital. Um, I go see her. The first visit is nothing major. It's an introduction. I gave her the rundown of everything that's going on. And she said, okay, I want to do an upper um, endoscopy on you. And so I got that procedure done. When we sat down, me and my mom were in there. She said that she saw, like, a few things that were kind of lingering in there that she wanted to kind of get flushed out that may be causing me the nauseousness um and so she prescribed me some medications she prescribed me an acid reflux medication a nausea medication and then after that was the first time I saw her when I saw her again to get the procedure done she prescribed me an additional nausea um medication so that's the three medications I I was taking originally but as time went on, as I was waiting for the additional lab work, because she said she would send it out for just to check and make sure I didn't have any gluten allergies or things like that. So as I was waiting for those lab results, the nausea still persisted. It was severe. I was really struggling, even with taking the medication. It's pretty bad. And so I called her again, and I'm like, you know, I'm really struggling with this nausea, even with the medication. And so she prescribes me another uh, medication, another prescription for medication for nausea, but it's these big pills. And I'm going to actually, when I drop this episode, on my story, I'll post, like, everything that I'm, like, all the documentation I have, I'll post it. So I'll show you guys the pills and everything. Um... But it's like these big grandma-looking pills. Like, I'm telling you, when I saw them, I'm like, this is for old people. Like, I got... When I when I saw it, I knew something was wrong. Like, I should not be taking these big, thick pills in this big, gigantic bottle. Like, I'm extremely sick. It's just, like, it was just crazy to me. It just didn't seem right. But I trusted the doctor. I took the medication she told me to take. I was still sick. Last Saturday, I was so sick to the point where I was throwing up all night long. I tried to go to sleep. I would wake up, throw up, go to sleep. Wake up, throw up, go to sleep. 
so it got so severe, so, so severe, severe that I had to go to the hospital. So I went to Jefferson Hospital because I figured it would be easier since my doctor was um, affiliated with them. I go to Jefferson Hospital. That was a mess. First of all, if you're sick, do not go to the hospital. If you are sick, go to Virtua. Virtua is the best hospital New Jersey has. Hands down. I'm not going to Cooper Hospital ever. You won't catch me there. And you will never catch me at Jefferson Hospital ever again in this lifetime. I don't care if it's the last hospital here on earth. I won't be there. That was the only hospital I experienced the longest wait time of my life. That was the only hospital that I felt was unprofessional. The people that were coming in there were people that were... I've never been in a hospital room with literally straight just like addicts. Like everyone was high on pills in that waiting room. And I felt like because of that, because I felt like the hospital deals with a lot of drug overdose and drug use, it shows in how the nurses talk to you. They think everyone's a druggie. And it shows. Because when it was my turn to finally go in there, number one, they didn't do any tests on me except for a pregnancy test. Number two, the nurse asked, of course, if I smoke, and I was honest, and then proceeded to argue with my mom because she said, well, it's probably because of this. Tried to diagnose me, this nurse. And I'm not trying to downplay being a nurse, but she's not the doctor, is my point. And she doesn't know me. I've never seen this woman a day in my life. She didn't look at my chart. She didn't have any information on me. She didn't ask me any history of what's going on with me. She literally heard that I was throwing up, asked if I smoked, and then just assumed I'm some druggy pothead and this is what's causing it. Without getting further information to realize that I just started smoking. This, the symptoms I've been experiencing I've been experiencing way prior to smoking. But if she would have asked me that, she would have known that. Instead, she assumed. So her and my mom were arguing back and forth. So it got to the point where another nurse ended up coming in. I I only saw that nurse again one last time. Another nurse comes in way nicer. She asked what's going on. You know, she's very sympathetic to what's going on understanding to what's going on and when I show her all the medica- medication I'm being prescribed she says oh my mom takes that the same pills that I told y'all I just said to y'all I should have known was a red flag she says my mom takes those her mother takes them and I didn't even ask her what she takes them for and I should have but she said her mom takes them And she asked who my doctor is, and I told her. She says, oh, my mom goes to her. And then she tells me she thinks I should get a second opinion. And she said, honestly, you should probably go go over to Penn. She wanted me to go across the bridge. This is a nurse that works at Jefferson. And I'm telling her about a doctor that I go to that's affiliated with her hospital. And instead of speaking highly on that doctor, instead of... You know, saying, oh, well, she, you know, my mom speaks nothing. She said nothing positive. She said, I think you should get a second opinion. And better yet, I think you should go over the bridge to get a second opinion. How crazy is that? Another red flag. So before I leave, I felt better. They um, gave me fluids. They basically gave me the same type of medication I'm taking for nausea, but she said that it'll probably hit me a little bit different because they're putting it in my IV, so it'll probably work better. And it did. She was right. It did work better. Um, I felt better. I just felt hungry. So she's like, okay, well, we'll discharge you. You can go home and you can eat. Um, after that, the other me nurse came in for like a quick second and then she left. I don't even remember what she said. So I go home, whatever. I call the doctor and let her know that I was in the hospital. 
and I was throwing up severely. And, and even though I still called the old doctor, I was still looking for a second opinion. And I found another doctor that's affiliated with now Cooper Hospital. So I found that doctor, made an appointment with that doctor, but she couldn't see me until next Tuesday, which I think is May 3rd. So I scheduled an appointment with her. But I still called the old doctor because, I mean, that's still technically my doctor until I go to see that new doctor. So I let her know about me being in the hospital. After being in the hospital, I was in the hospital Saturday into Sunday. Monday, I woke up and I could feel like the acid in the upper part of my stomach. I could feel it burning the in, my insides the upper half of my stomach up into my chest and into my throat I had a lump in my throat and my insides were just burning and so I called the doctor again and I left a message about now the acid now I'm dealing with acid she finally calls me back after a whole day full of running around like playing phone tag and she's like very condescending I felt it was a very nasty encounter with her because instead of being sympathetic to me, it was just kind of like, well, you never complained about acid before and now you're complaining about it. I thought nausea was the problem. Now it's acid. As if I'm lying about how I'm feeling. And she's like, you went to the hospital and they didn't even do any work on you. Okay, is that my fault or the hospital's fault that they decided not to do any lab work on me? And she's like, yeah, you even told them you were hungry and you went home. Mind you, that's not in my paperwork. That means that one of those nurses had to have told her that. And now she's trying to use it against me in the conversation as if I just am making all of this up. It was very nasty. It made me feel very bad about myself. Very bad. So I was happy that I had did the research and found a second opinion. But she's like, in the meantime, I'll up your dosage of the acid medicine and I'll prescribe you something else for nausea. So now six medications in total. She didn't say, well, let me get you back in here. Because when I spoke to the nurse or the receptionist, that's what she made it sound like. Oh, she's going to get you back in here. Da, 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 da. And on top of that, because I'm missing out on all this work, my boss recommended that I get FMLA or short term disability. So I was trying to get that paperwork filled out, as, filled out as well. And I mentioned that to the receptionist. And she's like, oh, we're going to get you in here. Get your paperwork signed. That like sounded really helpful. But when I spoke to the doctor, that it was not the same. It was not the same experience at all. At all. So she didn't even mention the paperwork, actually. She just was like, I'm going to prescribe you. I'm going to up the dose of the acid reflux medicine and prescribe you something else for nausea. So I went and I picked it up. But the other thing she prescribed was $77. My insurance did not cover it. So I didn't get that. I just got the acid reflux medicine, the higher dosage. So it's altogether only had five medications. I stopped taking, obviously, the old acid reflux one because she upped the dosage. And I stopped taking one of the nausea medicines that she told me to take. Because I felt like that was too much medication to have in my system. Five different medications that I could not, I couldn't do that. I couldn't possibly monitor me taking that many medications and still be at work all the time. And that's no. So, three medic, I narrowed it down to the three medications. The acid reflex one. And two for nausea. That makes sense. In my opinion, it makes sense. Get rid of the acid with the higher dosage and then control the nausea with the two meds. So I was taking those huge pills that she told me to take at night because my nausea was worse in the mornings. So she said, take it before you go to bed. And then I was taking the other nausea medication right before meals. And then I was taking the acid reflex one before meals. So I did that. The next day I woke up and I did not feel the acid. There was no acid. There was no nausea. I thought I was fine. I'm like, finally, the medication is working. 
But then as I started moving around, I started feeling strange. Like I said in my video that you heard at, um, in the intro. I started feeling strange. And I pushed it back. Because at least I wasn't nauseous. At least I didn't feel burning inside of me. So what could be the problem? Right? Then as, I'm, as the day's going, I start to get dizzy. Start feeling dizzy. And my heart rate started increasing. And I thought I was having an anxiety attack, so I took an anxiety pill. And then my chest started tightening. And suddenly I'm like, am I breathing or am I not breathing? Like, I was... Suddenly, everything just started seeming strange. So, I decided to go to bed. I'm like, I don't feel well. I don't know what's going on with me. You know, I don't know. So, I went to bed. I woke up. And... My hand was weird. Disfigured. Weird. And... I thought I was tripping, so I jumped up out of my sleep, but I didn't see it anymore. But my hands were shaky. I was real jittery, and they wouldn't stop shaking. So when I tried to calm my hands down, another body part would start shaking. That's how jittery I was. My chest, I felt so much pressure on my chest like someone was sitting on it. Sorry, I'm trying to, yeah. I don't want to get emotional. Um, and I was scared. It was the wee hours. You know, my mom was asleep. It was just me. And I was freaking out and I didn't want to wake her again to go to the hospital a third time. So I called my doctor, the old one first, and tried to get, to get on the phone with someone that was on call. And, um... They didn't page anyone back, so I didn't hear from them that night. So I figured, let me call my new doctor, because maybe they can help me. There was a slim chance they could help me because they hadn't seen me, but maybe they could help. So I called them, and thank God that I did, because the lady was like, well, I don't know if we can help you, but I'm going to still page the doctor. The doctor got back to me, and she said, you know, even though I can't, she can't really give me medical advice because she hasn't seen me based off the symptoms that I gave her, the side effects that I was having and how I was feeling. She in the medication that I listed, she recommended that I stop taking them until I go in to see the doctor, my new doctor. So I stopped. I stopped taking them. I started doing research on the medication that I was taking, though. Because I had a conversation with my dad prior to this, and he was saying, you know, he started researching his medication, and this was connected to this, and this had that. Like, he was really talk talking to me about his medication. So the irony of him telling me that he started having to really research his medication, and he had an issue with GERD as well, and he had similar symptoms that I'm experiencing prior to having his surgery that, you know, helped him, um, that that doctor, my old doctor, tried to tell me was non-existent. When I explained to her that this could be a genetic thing, my dad was diagnosed with GERD and that maybe that's what I have because the symptoms align. And when I expressed it to my dad, the symptoms matched up to his as well. And it can be genetic, a genetic factor involved, of course. And she's like, well, there's no such procedure for GERD and you have to have a hernia for that. And when I did the research... Yes, they do look for a hernia, but you don't have to have a hernia to get that procedure. It's just something that's looked for because a hernia can then worsen your acid reflex symptoms. So then it's obviously more severe. But you don't have to have a hernia in order to get that surgery. But I think she thought I was young and naive and I was just going to believe anything. Maybe that's what it was. But no, I started really doing research on all of this. Because how are you going to tell me that a surgery that I know for a fact my dad got is non-existent. Red flag. So as I'm researching the medication, the symptoms are aligning. I said that I had 
my my hand was disfigured and one of the medications the nausea medications even though that medication is for nausea she did prescribe that one accurately it does have certain side effects and I forget the name of it because it's really long and like hard to pronounce but I'm gonna post it so that you guys can have the name and it does cause your hand to become disfigured and sometimes it can be permanent so I was not tripping that's a real thing the jitteriness all of that that I was experiencing are side effects from the medication the insomnia that I have been experiencing is side effects from these medications that I'm taking and the worst part is those big grandma pills that I was telling y'all about those are cholesterol pills I searched high and low guys because I didn't want it to be true I searched high and low there is nowhere else on the internet and I don't care what any doctor tries to tell me because I have done extensive research at this point I'm sitting at home all day I have nothing to do but research and I have not been able to find anywhere that it states that other than cholesterol use that medication should be taken it's specifically for cholesterol the only time I even seen it mentioned for something that has to do with like something close to what I'm experiencing is something called IBS and the the symptoms are similar some are different but it's a similar similar that thing said that there's no scientific proof but it may help may help but I wasn't diagnosed with IBS so I shouldn't have been taking medication because I wasn't diagnosed with anything She gave me cholesterol pills, and it could have killed me. And I have not come to terms with that yet. I don't think it hit me yet. I don't think any of this has hit me yet. The experience that I'm having has not hit me yet. She could have killed me. Because I never had any problems with cholesterol, ever. And so... I'm shocked by this. Um, yeah, I'm shocked by this. And when I when I called the next morning, I called the new doctor to see what I can do because I wanted to get my paperwork filled out for work because I'm now missing another day. I was supposed to go back to work Wednesday, the 27th. But because of these side effects, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to go into work with kids. So I let my boss know, but I didn't have a note. So I called the new doctor to see what I what my options were. And they said, you know, she hasn't seen me yet. So there's not, she can't sign my paperwork. She can sign them when she sees me, but she can't sign them until then. But they recommend I go see my primary care doctor because they can give me a note for work. So I made the appointment. Luckily, my primary was able to see me. When I went in there, there was a nurse that was there. She was very nice. She said she has IBS, so she knows exactly what I'm going through or somewhat of what I'm going through. Um, She had to go get three different opinions. And finally, someone at Virtua diagnosed her with IBS. She said she lost 12 pounds in two weeks. And I got emotional and I started crying. She's like, don't get emotional, you know. Don't feel bad for advocating for yourself. Don't feel bad for getting emotional about your health and something that's affecting you. She was just very sweet. And so, um, she said that maybe the doctor could give me some references or, like, other people to to reach out to, which she didn't. Um, but when I did see my doctor, she went to see, you know, what medications I'm taking. And that the first doctor that I saw that prescribed me all of this, that caused all of this, she didn't even put any information in my my chart. So my primary care doctor doesn't know anything that's going on with me right now. She has no update about my care. She doesn't even, she can't even see that I got a procedure done. I was put under anesthesia. She, she can't even see that procedure, that a procedure was done on me. She doesn't see any of the medications that I'm being prescribed. 
none of them. She sees none of them. She doesn't even know the doctor's name. So, she can't really help because she has no information. And she hasn't treated me for acid reflux. So, she still gave me a note. She recommended that I rest up, drink up, powdery, get maybe my electrodes, electrolytes, or however you say it. I can't. I'm sorry, y'all. Um... So I got Powerade, she said drink water, you know, bland foods, toast, oatmeal, bananas, until I can get into my doctor. And then she pres- she wanted me to get some lab work done. So, that got squared away, work got squared away, at least for the time being. But, it's now Friday, the 29th, and... I'm still experiencing side effects. It's more of the joint pain. Like, my muscle ache. My muscles ache very badly. And my back hurts so, so bad. All day, every day. And my chest, the pressure, it hurts. I'm hurt. All day, every day. It never goes away. The upper half of my stomach hurts all the time I get those pains in my stomach all the time especially after I eat no matter what it is that I'm eating even if it's a banana a cracker water my stomach hurts from water drinking water my stomach has moments where it's so sensitive to touch so sensitive to touch that I just cry I can't move from the position I'm in because if I squeeze my muscle, my stomach muscles, it hurts because it's so sensitive. So I just cry. I cry all the time. Now all I'm doing is at home all day long, barely eating because I don't have an appetite. I've lost six pounds this week alone. I never thought in a million years I would ever be going through something like this and I would ever have this experience to tell you guys and it's sad and I don't wish it on anybody to have to go through this it's the worst experience of my life I don't I'm sorry I've been trying to tell myself to be strong Um, I don't even sleep I get four hours of sleep every night. And it's a combination of the fact that with I think I have GERD. I think I have the exact thing my dad had, and it's a way sev- more severe than just regular acid reflux. I think I have GERD disease. And all the symptoms align. The lumps in my throat, the pains I get behind my chest bone, the pressure that I feel all the time behind there from the acid just building up the my upper half of my stomach always hurting always being sensitive the pains that I get my back pain the nausea the acid reflex when I bend over I feel like I'm gonna throw up if I lay back I feel like it's, I'm about to regurgitate like I have all the symptoms they all align every single symptom it all aligns to GERD disease so imagine feeling like you know this is what you have and now you just got to get a doctor to believe this is what you have. But all the symptoms align to GERD disease. And it's not far off. It makes sense for me to have GERD disease. But then give me the treatment I need. Don't prescribe me cholesterol pills trying to kill me. Give me that surgery. After talking to my friend... I didn't realize that this was a common thing. There's a There was a thread on Twitter, and I missed it because I'm not on Twitter, talking about how doctors have prescribed African-American women cholesterol pills, and these women did not have trouble with cholesterol. And she was trying to find the thread, and she thought she had, my friend thought she had mentioned it to her roommate, so she asked her roommate, but her roommate said she didn't talk to her about it, but her roommate said she knows that that's actually something that's common that doctors are doing nowadays to black women because the thing about it is african-american women are prone to die from heart disease 
So what's happening is they're giving us these cholesterol pills, even though we have no problems with cholesterol. And in return, we're getting the side effects, the chest pain, trouble breathing, the rapid breathing, all that. Now it's affecting your heart. Because you're taking something you shouldn't have been. So now someone that may not have ever had to deal with ever having heart disease is now prone to it because a doctor misdiagnosed them and gave them the wrong set of prescriptions. That's sad. And so now she's like, what's going to happen is they're going to keep giving you medications, trying to fix all the side effects, and you're going to end up having more problems than what you started off with. And that's exactly how I feel. That I'm worse off than what I was before I saw that doctor. I'm jittery all the time. My hands are always shaky. I feel like an old lady always in pain and that's all I am all day I sit here all day and I'm just in pain and I just endure it and I cry and then I try to go to sleep and I can't so I just cry and it's becoming depressing and it's affecting my mental and I think I'm trying not to get into that place I'm trying to be strong so I'm listening to the gospel I'm listening to gospel music I'm I'm trying to get myself in a positive headspace and I'm trying to pray and be positive, but it's hard. And I feel alone. Because even though it's something I'm dealing with personally, so it is something I should feel lonely because I, it is only um, affecting me. I still feel like this is the time where family comes together. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Unfortunately, that's not the case. And I'm pausing because I'm debating how honest I want to be when I'm talking about this. Because when it comes to family, I it's hard to talk about sometimes. I don't want it to be because I want to be able to be honest with you guys and be transparent. But, like, it's still my family. So, you know, it's hard. But, um, yeah, I'm just leaving it at that family is not as supportive as they should be and they know who they are because if you haven't spoken to me personally about what's going on with me if you haven't checked up then you know that I'm talking about you if you know what's going on with me because you heard this podcast then I'm talking about you if you know what's going on with me because you talked to my mom only and didn't care to pick up your phone and call me then I'm talking about you And I realize I'm so quick to go so hard for people. It's Sometimes it's so draining, you know. I'm so quick to go so hard for people. I'll be so excited for people. And it's genuine, too. It's genuinely excited for people. Genuinely happy for people. Genuinely wanting to give advice and wanting to help people. But then when I look around, I'm like, hey, guys, I'm sick. I need help. There's no one here. At all. And if this was one of my friends, I would be checking on my friend every day. It doesn't matter where I am. I could be on Mars and I'll be checking on my friend every day just to make sure she's good if I heard this story. Because I care about my friends that much. I would be checking on my family member every day if I knew that they were suffering every day. Or at least once a week, I would talk to them. So, I'm just going to leave that as what it is. If you don't know, if you have to listen to this to know, if, if you have to talk to my mom to know, I'm talking about you. And it's not okay. At all. This is, I'm trying not to, you know, like, I think I'm just distancing myself. I think before I would have lashed out, but now I'm distancing myself. Now it's like, whatever. I see people for who they are, and it's okay. Because in the long run, they're going to need me way before I need them. So, all I want to be focused on is getting better. Um, Like I said, I meet with a new doctor next week. 
But as of now, I'm every day is a struggle for me. Every day I feel like I can't breathe from all the pressure that I feel. Um, the back aches. Oh my god, the stomach pains. I yeah. It's hard. So check on your friends, man. I say that to y'all, and I hope y'all really listen to me when I tell y'all to do certain stuff. Check on y'all friends. Check on y'all family. I don't I don't agree with that. Like the way that yeah, I don't I don't like that. I think my feelings are hurt. My feelings are hurt by people that haven't taken the, the time to see what's going on with me. Cause I'm always checking up on people. So my feelings is they're pretty hurt. They really are. And I think that after this, it's definitely going to make me... I'm going to definitely switch up with certain people. I'm definitely not going to move the same way because now my feelings are hurt. And I feel like you also shouldn't allow people in your life that aren't going to be there for you through the good and the bad. If you only have people in your circle that only want to be there for you when it's good... But then when you down and out, they not around. They're not really your friends. They're not really looking for your best interest. They don't care about your best interest. They don't have it at heart. They don't care. They don't want your... They don't care. They don't care. I'm sorry. They don't have your best interest at heart. They don't care. At all. And it's like, I feel bad because I don't want to put my problems on other people. You know, I'm not telling anybody to stop their lives for me. The world don't revolve around me. I'm very clear on that. I know that. But what I'm saying is that doesn't mean you don't stop and check on people, though. Because I do it all the time. So that don't mean you don't stop and you check on people. Just because life goes on and the world don't revolve around me, that doesn't mean you don't check on your loved ones. And I don't want to stop people like my friends. I can't do certain stuff now. I don't want to stop my friends from having fun and living life but then part of me is like but dang guys y'all know i'm down and out shouldn't y'all want to find stuff that y'all know i can do too so that i'm not just stuck in the house while you guys are out having fun like when your friends want to support you and be understanding and be like all right well even if like for example let's say oh they want to go out and do something armani can't do okay well armani can't do this but maybe we'll do something else too on top of that that armani can do so maybe beforehand, okay, we'll go to dinner. Or before we go out for the night, we can do this. We can go to the mall with her. We can, Well, I don't want to go out. The point is, I can't, I'm not really about to be out, honestly. But my point is still do stuff that I can be included in. And not just do stuff like the same old, same old that y'all know I can't do. Because once again, I'm just going to end up being lonely now I'm not going to have any friends because you guys are out doing stuff I can't do. So now we're not going to be friends. So now I'm that ends up affecting me. Now I'm more lonely than I started off. So just check on your people. Try to include your people and stuff. If you know your friend's struggling, you know your family member's struggling. The best thing that I heard come out of someone's mouth I'm probably one of the only people that has really said something or really put an effort in showing me that they care about me and like they really this this situation is serious for them is my stepdad's mom. She cleared her whole entire schedule for next Tuesday so that she can be at my appointment and she can ask questions. She's been asking me who's these doctors, send me names, send me the medications. She has been on it. She's been doing research on it herself. She's like, I don't want you to be depressed about this. I will come over there every day if I have to. And we'll play cards. We'll have some tea. We'll go for a walk. Go for a ride. Just so you don't end up being depressed. And all I, that's all I wanted to hear from somebody, I think. I think I just wanted to hear somebody say, like, I'm going to be here for you if you need me. Like, if you really need me to, I'm going to put that energy. Because I feel like if that was my friend, if the situation was reversed, I would have been that friend calling my friend like, I'll come to your house every day if it means I'm going to get you out of this funk. That's the type of friend I am. I'm dedicated to my friends. So 
I expected that phone call to be from a friend, but the fact that it it was from her, I appreciated it because that's all I wanted to hear was from somebody to say, I hear you and I'm going to be there. You're not alone. And for that time being, I felt genuinely like I wasn't alone. After I just said to y'all, I feel like I've been dealing with this by myself. That's the first time I felt like I wasn't. And of course, it comes from someone that's not even blood related to me. At all. She has no, she doesn't have to do that. My stepdad and my mom aren't even married anymore. She doesn't even have to do that. But she is. But she cares, but she's calling me and checking on me. And genuinely listening to me. And genuinely concerned and doing the research and trying to help me and trying to be there. I could have died. And that doesn't sit well with me. And because I could have died, I think that's why it also doesn't sit well with me that certain people haven't checked up on me. Because I could literally not be here. That's my personal testimony about what I've been experiencing. And I'm going to actually drop this episode right now. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to do it now. It's Friday, April 29th. Yeah, I'm going to drop this episode. Just so that y'all can hear the full rundown of everything. If I don't drop it today, by Sunday it'll be dropped. This Sunday. Because my part two is going to be the research I've been doing and... I want to really dive into what I've been learning about. And I want to try to find that trend that she was talking about. Because I want to share with you guys. And I think I'm about to make a Twitter. What do you guys think? A Twitter for this podcast. So that maybe I can go on Twitter. And I can bring awareness to it on Twitter as well. And then maybe the trend will come back up. Or maybe I'll be able to find the trend. So I think I'm going to do that. But thank you guys. To any of my listeners. There's been a few that have reached out to me. They saw my story and was and actually read it and cared enough about me to reach out, I appreciate you so, 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 so much. Nobody understands how much I appreciate people that just reach out to me. I've had strangers just reach out to me, like, stay strong, you know, stuff like I appreciate that so much because that's the type of energy I give off. So I appreciate when I get it back. It's just sad to me that I get it back from the people I'm not expecting to get it back from. The people I expect to get it back from, I don't. So I think that's what doesn't sit well with me. But I appreciate those that have been reaching out. And those that are strangers that have been reaching out, bless you for even caring enough about me to take the time out of your day to say anything. And for anyone that's experiencing or have had any negative experiences with a doctor, has been misdiagnosed by a doctor, has been prescribed the wrong medication by a doctor, has had negative side effects buy a medication because the doctor prescribed it to you I want to hear some stories because I know they're out there and if you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody I want to hear that story too so I'm asking all of you to help me if you know somebody if you've seen this trend before if you've heard of this before I just want to get feedback of your experiences with doctors and what you guys have gone through if any And if you haven't, because this is my first experience, so if you haven't, start researching your medications. Start documenting everything. Save all your your documentations, all the paper you get from hospitals and doctors. Save everything. I have not one form of paperwork from that doctor that states that, like, I have no proof. So get proof she didn't give me anything and then had the nerve to not update my chart very suspicious behavior I love you guys I'm going to be okay don't be worried about me I mean you can be worried I can't tell people how to feel but I'm, I am going to be okay I'm, I'm strong this has not it has not broken me yet 
and I'm not going to allow it to. Like I said, I pray every night. I fall asleep to gospel music every night. Um, if anything, this has taught me to be a little bit closer to God. And taught me to not take life for granted. Because you could be sick in an instant. Um, so I'm going to live life to the fullest. I'm, I'm going to have fun when this is all over with. Um, so, yeah. Definitely thank you guys so much for supporting me. I love you guys. Um, I will be back with some updates. Um, I'll try to continue to post on my Instagram page, which is blackgirlspeaks.podcast on Instagram. And I'm going to try to make a Twitter account, which I'll probably just drop it on Instagram and let you guys know and have you guys follow me. Um, Thank you guys again. And I'll be back with a part two very soon. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at blackgirlspeaks.podcast, my business page, Bold and Beautiful X, and my main page, Mani underscore Monet. My name is Armani World, and this is Black Girl Speaks, signing off. This is where Black Girls talk. This is where Black Girls speak. Speak.